This week, on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we kick off Season 4 of The Crown. We left things off in a bit of a rough spot. Princess Margaret was getting divorced from Tony Armstrong Jones. Prince Charles was still in that weird love triangle with Andrew Parker Bowles and Camilla Shand. And Prime Minister Wilson had to resign because of his Alzheimer's. So, how are things going to go this year? This season? Let's find out. are back in 2021 that is right dave and we are kicking it off with a bang uh literally <laughs> pun intended maybe <laughs> uh it is season four of the crown finally where i feel like we've caught up to current events yeah not to mention this episode kind of reflects what we're seeing in in america today in in some ways not in the right ways <laughs> wild days uh wild times here here in america today as we're recording this <laughs> Uh, you know, just people trying to, well, not trying to, actually, you know, laying siege to the Capitol building and going a little nuts down there, and uh, that's putting it lightly. Uh, indeed, indeed. So what better way to divert our attention than to look at British royalty and then the government over there? Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I watched this two days ago, so. Oh, really? I was thoroughly diverted, and then today happened. <laughs> oh, I, I watched it today, so. It was a it was a good breather. Um, I'm I'm ready to go though. Uh, is there anything that is going on? I mean, this, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. Is there anything going on in the world of Downton and the Crown that we can talk about or that we heard about? Um, not to, not to my knowledge. I think just the the same old sort of movie sequel mumbling going on and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing a lot about um. From like eight people mm-hmm. have told me what they think the Lords of Grantham's next show should be. Is the show that is the most watched thing on Netflix right now? Is it Bridgerton? Well, I'm sorry? <laughs> is it called Bridgerton? Is that what that, it that's, is? Yes. Shonda Rhimes uh, produced the show. Yeah. Yes. Many, many people keep saying right up our alley. So, you know, we got 10 episodes of The Crown. Maybe that's in store afterwards. I don't know. I've heard, Maybe it is, yeah. I've heard it's Downton Abbey meets Gossip Girl. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I googled Bridgerton Downton Abbey to see if there were articles and there were multiple like editorials comparing the two. And I hear it's a lot more steamy than we're used to though, though Dave. So I don't know. I mean, we, we we went wild when we saw Prince Phil's butt in season one. But I think we get a little bit more of that in, in this show. So I don't. Let's find. I mean, we might find out. I, I mean, it's not really a, a sure thing. I know we've talked about Belgravia and we always talk about doing more Downton, but mm-hmm. if it's still in the the, the vocabulary by the time we're done with this who knows how about we put it like this dave if people want us to talk about bridgerton and and review it on the show leave us a five-star review on itunes Uh, rate and review us. oh yeah that's a uh that's a new a new year new new reviews help help uh modernize our algorithm yeah or we we need to, to rise up the rankings a little bit more so if you can give us some juice there we we would really appreciate it at the same time, it would also convince us to really, you know, cover Bridgerton in the future. So there you have it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, I mean, we always encourage it at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Why not do it at the beginning yeah, of the podcast? Yeah, exactly. Five stars. It helps us out. Um, and, and speaking of helping us out, mm-hmm. we recorded our Patreon Q&A on New Year's Eve. Yeah. We answered a few was, uh, down-related questions along with other stuff. And uh, it's there for the Patreon uh, patrons. We appreciate your that's all patrons, patrons. and that's ba- that's anybody who is helping us reach our goal. We have our upstairs tier, which is five dollars a month, which is guaranteed bonus content, which is what you are paying for, and then we have our dollar tier, which is mm-hmm. jump in the Facebook group, chat with us, get to know us a little more as people outside of the podcast. And when we hit our goal, we say thanks to everybody, and everybody gets to get the Q and A. So or whatever they so that choose. is a we, we're, we're the congratulatory. If you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. Yeah. But if you we want grant to, wishes it's there. Uh, that are within reason. <laughs> yeah, we are the the dollar make a wish over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Dave, I'm pretty excited to get to this episode. I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about the gold stick. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that season is four. the name. <laughs> season four, episode one, the gold stick. Do you know what that is, Dave? No. 
Should I? <laughs> Not really. I guess the gold stick is something uh, that Dickie uh, carried around with him. I don't think it's a euphemism, though. I think it's like an actual thing that they referred to as his his gold stick that he carried around. Okay. So, uh, like the sword of honor is really what they're. What is it? It's an animal's hat. It's the sword of honor. It's uh. It's representative. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. I got that out of order. So, so his. So jumping ahead a little bit, but when he's laid the rest, they put on the the coffin a sword of honor a hat and a gold stick, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. What? I mean, it's things that they lay on your <laughs> casket. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh. Yeah. I was just saying, as a as shock, as though I didn't know what happened in that episode. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you'll be stunned to find out how it happens, Dave, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but we start with some horses. <laughs> of course. Uh, what better way to revisit Elizabeth than uh, partaking in part of her favorite pastime, which is riding horse, except in the line of duty, as we see. Yep. Sort of going, doing a little drive-by. Yeah, I don't know what they're, they're doing a wave for exactly. Uh, maybe they clarified in this episode. I didn't catch it. Uh, but, you know, it's some big event that they have fighter jets flying over that <laughs> leave streams of red, white, and blue in the, the sky. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I really couldn't suss it out either. Granted, I... I, I don't I, think it matters, maybe, because they, they intercut... Yeah, I think it, it's more symbolic. Yeah, because they intercut it with what we hear of uh, a speech from the IRA. Uh, and Dave, what is the IRA? IRA, they're the Irish. They don't want they don't want <laughs> yeah. the Brits around. Yeah, they're the extremist group uh, who are, you know, that Tom Branson was once affiliated with or loosely connected to at one point in time. Yep. But uh, yeah, they're still up to no good. About fifty years after the <laughs> the, the actions of uh, or of what we see in Downton Abbey here, and uh, they but they're still up to no good for for a a reason. You know, they're the British are occupying their their land. Mm-hmm. They're imperialists. They they don't like them. Uh, so yeah, so, so we, we see, kind of see the posturing of, of the royalty and then we see the people who are going through some struggles that, you know, the royalty clearly is not addressing or, or, or making any effort to, to fix or not enough effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's a couple big things happening this episode. I think we can tackle the smaller one of the two first, Dave. The, the continuation of the horses. Wait, what do you mean? The continuation of the horses? Princess Anne? Oh, I mean, well, that ties into something more. We'll get to that. Let's just stick to the politics here. Okay, Thatcher? Yeah, the Thatch is in the hatch. Uh, she is taking power. After a great deal of, uh, I, I don't know if it's hype that we brought on, or, well, the show hasn't really hyped it up, but you could sense some... Well, she's, she, she's the biggest ca- casting get since since uh, Lithgow. So this is a big de- Whether or not... Yeah, they, you know. they definitely cleared the decks uh, for her arrival. Yeah, for for Gillian Anderson. Well, Dave, do you have any history of Gillian Anderson? Do you have any thoughts on her? Does she does she uh, stick in your craw like Lithgow does as a uh, Churchill? The I never watched X Files, so I think my only history with her is really um, Hannibal. She's a recurring can- character on that show. That's correct. And uh, I don't dislike her on that show. So you know, Hannibal mm-hmm. eats her leg at one point. Doesn't Spoiler no? She cuts alert. off her leg. <laughs> she cuts off her leg. In anticipation of Hannibal coming over to try to kill her, mm-hmm. so it's a great show. Honestly, uh, that may have been a small spoiler, but Hannibal's crazy. Uh, I thought it was interesting that really, what's that? He's crazy. Yeah, he's a little bit crazy. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Okay, I, a little cuckoo. Yeah, just a little, a little cuckoo. Um, I thought it's interesting that two of the biggest prime ministers on the show, uh, Churchill and Thatcher, they, they get American actors to portray them. It's like they just can't mm-hmm. find anyone with enough heft in their own country to portray these roles. I, I thought that was a little bit odd. Well, I mean, how many uh, great American characters are played by Brits? I mean, Meryl Streep won an Oscar for playing Thatcher <laughs> in a movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hugh Laurie plays Dr. House. <laughs> I, where great is the, American yeah, where, performed by Brits. That's fair. Where is the outrage there? Um, Stuart Little's father, played by Hugh Laurie, great, great American, <laughs> played by a Brit. That, that is true. So we should not be annoyed or, or weirded out by Jillian Anderson playing Margaret Thatcher. Um, she seems she's playing. I don't know. I don't know that much about Thatcher. Just being honest, she comes across as 
acting older than her age. I looked up how old she was at the time. She's definitely in her 50s here in the 70s. Mm-hmm. She seems like she's like pushing 70s or 80s <laughs> the way that she carries herself here. I think isn't... I also don't know much about Thatcher, mm-hmm. and but are, isn't the consensus that she she plays the the character accurately? Yeah, I mean she's this will sound like a slight, but she's like a, a very stiff woman, like very hard. Isn't that her like nickname, like the Iron Lady or whatever? I think that's the name of the the actual movie that Meryl Streep appeared in. Uh, yeah, she she drives a, a hard bargain. Um, yeah, so maybe that's just who she is. She just acts stiff. Yeah. Uh, she uh, kind of div- a divisive uh, figure, I think. Some people are ultra love her. Some are a little bit, because she's one of the conservatives, she's a little bit too mm-hmm. too stiff. But uh, yeah, it seems like Jillian Anderson is playing her uh, down the line. And what, what what's our first taste of her like, Dave? Is the first taste... No, I, I was legit, like, if, if I'm a little off, I took, my notes were minimal because I was ago. really enjoying the episode. <laughs> yeah. And I was, no, I was really enjoying the episode, mm-hmm. so. Is our first taste of her, her meeting with um, the Queen? Well, no, that's not. We see a moment of her prepping, like, her what she'll say to the, the media when she goes outside, you know, just just mm-hmm. getting her speech right. And then when she goes out there, it's, yeah, she she's, you know, ready to go. She's kind of, like, ready to, to talk to the to the media, you know, she's just a natural at that. Um, but her cadence is still not like, she's not a thrilling individual. She's just sort of n- held together. Yeah. Uh, and we see a little bit of that <laughs> in this episode when at one point she's talking to the media and she says something to the effect of, um, don't count bef- the, your eggs before they hatch. Uh, don't count before thatched something along those lines and it's like mm-hmm. who is she a wrestler or <laughs> she's using her own name as a as a pun w- with a word and, uh <clears throat> definitely not a natural in the humor department necessarily um oh, obviously no but we we do see her first engagement with the queen and, and how does that go over dave it goes over i think fairly well because the queen i think you see a little bit of their uh the tonal shift for mm-hmm. for once, like Elizabeth isn't the sort of stiffer person in the room. I always feel like someone's trying to like calm themselves down mm-hmm. to match the pristine of the queen. Whereas I think in this instance, she's kind of the one to break the ice and be more casual. Yeah. You think for a sense that maybe she thinks, Oh, a woman in charge, you know, maybe we can be a little bit less formal than I've been in the past. You know, we can just kind of be like, Mono a mano here, you know, chilling. That is clearly not the case, though. Well, yeah, she says, I, I, I usually guess the, I have a little guessing game with my incoming PMs about what their cabinet's going to look like, and mm-hmm. she just starts acing it. Well, she said, she makes a wrong assumption first. She says, uh, there will be women in there, and Thatcher has some words for her on why there's no women in her cabinet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she says that she, uh, she does, she is, she doesn't, feel that women are suited for high office. They become too emotional. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> that's that's going to be us most of the season. <laughs> yeah. Flat there, Thatcher, like, yeah, Thatcher hey. said that. That's not, that's not where we stand necessarily. That's what Thatcher says, and we respect her opinions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, you know, the queen goes down the list, and she gets them mostly right. Yeah, and then we see Thatcher talking to her husband mm-hmm. about how shocked she is at how like no human the queen is yeah we see a little bit of, that, of them at home and i think this is a kind of way to tell you okay she's going to be one of the bigger prime ministers not one of the one and done ones even though we know from history she's one of the bigger ones but they're going to spend a little bit more time making her three-dimensional uh than the past couple prime ministers um, yeah who was the last one that really got a, a look i mean i mean wilson was given time but it wasn't enough it was just kind of struck off through the season i think i mean mcmillan had his pants down that was so one-dimensional in its own way. <laughs> I think Anthony Eden. I'd say it's been a couple seasons since we really got someone who we understood. <laughs> was Anthony Eden the one whose wife was, no, was Anthony, fooling around? No, Anthony was Is the, that the, the drug addict. I know who Mc, Mc, I know who Anthony Eden was, but I forget which one had the Mc, the side the McMillan. side plot of the wife. Yeah, so Mc, where she she hated him. Yeah, and he couldn't, he couldn't wear pants wherever he went. Yeah. Um. But. 
yeah, we, we see them, uh, her and her husband, and um, it, it seems like, I don't know, uh, do you have a feel for it yet? I don't really know what to think yet between these two. The husband and, and yeah. the Thatcher's? Yeah, Thatcher's or husband. The, I, I feel like they're an, a couple who's been married a long time. That's what I got, yeah, yeah, they're definitely, this is what really made me feel like they're older. <laughs> just seeing the husband mm-hmm. look old and they're just kind of like bickering back and forth a little bit. But I mean, she does relate to her husband. It didn't go as she expected. She thought she was surprised that the queen knew as much as she did. She and yeah, and that probably goes with the common stereotype. And I don't know, just assumption in, in, in the public is that how involved could the royalty really be with the government? And mm-hmm. uh, I guess you know Thatcher guessed wrong for a second. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point in time, the queen is still in the prime of her life. Kind of what in her fifties, late forties, early fifties. Yeah, uh, late forties, I'd say. Um, Nearly 50, yeah, because she's in her 90s now. Just do, do the math. Uh, so, Phil has some hot takes in this episode, Dave. Phil is full of hot takes in this episode. I mean, he says the last thing we need is two women running the country. He doesn't just say two women. I know. He says two menopausal women. This will be a smooth ride. <laughs> and then he just kicks back and drinks a beer. <laughs> yeah, he cracks open a beer. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's see where this one goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you ever need a reminder that Phil is a piece of work, uh, there you have it. Yeah, that's Phil in full Phil form. Yeah. So. Uh, and that was a moment that that definitely took me back to Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Phil's Phil's gonna fill. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try and call it like he sees it. Um. But I think that's pretty much it we get at this. I mean, we touch on it again uh, a little bit later, but in terms of their interactions, nothing nothing yet. Just so much that she's not going to be the normal prime minister. That, that uh, Well, this seems to be always the case in The Crown where the prime minister doesn't exactly fit uh, the queen's mm-hmm. expectations. <laughs> um, but this one, it seems uh, even further tilted towards it's definitely going to be different in, in terms, a little bit more contentious than I think we're used to between the two of them. Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah. But what's what's going on the rest of this episode, man? Um. Well, there's. Should we should we just go right into Charles or yeah. is Charles Charles the yeah? Because I guess Charles Charles would be the big deal. Mm-hmm. But the big deal is a big deal. Right. It all ties together. So Charles, after this event where they're all riding around on horses, mm-hmm. Charles doesn't stick around for lunch. No, he's, like he's got to go. <laughs> yeah. And apparently he's been really sowing his royal oats. They, they, they reference it again at the dinner table. <laughs> you told him to sow his oats, and he can't stop sowing them. No, and he's at at this this woman's house mm-hmm. who we don't we haven't met before. Yep. And she seems to like. He doesn't seem too keen on her. I feel like they almost do a fake out because this woman you see at first she looks vaguely familiar, like the big person we're gonna meet. But it's not. She has red hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you see him arriving at the, this house in grand fashion, and there's someone roaming around in there. Yeah, it's a real life manic pixie dream girl. I thought the same thing. Like, oh, this is how you're going to treat Diana as a as some kind of like unama- unattainable imaginary woman who just you know dresses up in costume and prances around the house like manic pixie dream girl. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> It it's like to a T. Like this could you could have put like some indie music from two thousand and five right behind the scene, yeah. and the wardrobes match, mm-hmm. the pacing matches, the shots match. This is a mumblecore introductory scene. Yeah, she's even got blue eyes. You know, like yeah, uh, she wears a mask the whole time while they're talking. She's hiding behind the tree the whole time, and it's because she's performing in a Midsummer Night's uh, Dream, the Shakespeare play. Yep, and Charles is like. I'm a thespian. I'm somewhat of a thespian. Yeah, I like to act. Um, I thought there was something else going on here because they, they show her far away. Like It's a huge hallway. He's standing on one end, and you see someone, and you, you see their figure, and it's like, whoa, whoa, what is going on here? It's like, oh, no, she's just wearing a skin-tight tree uniform, as you do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they have a very awkward conversation, mm-hmm. and she's like, I got to get by but I got to get by through you and my sister doesn't want me to see you. Right. <laughs> Especially as I'm dressed as a crazy tree. Ah, so it goes. And Charles is like, 
Bong. Wow. <laughs> uh, and yeah, she runs away. And uh, he, he tells uh, Sarah, uh, who's there, um, that uh, he met her sister. And she says, well, she's been obsessed with meeting you. So there's a, a bit of a mutual interest there between uh, Diana Spencer and uh, Charles. Mm-hmm. But we do get references, though, because when they're talking about where Charles is at the top of the episode, I think, doesn't Dickie call him and he... And, Charles says like he's still hanging around Camilla, like he still sees her every. Yeah, he says he's got a week. He's got a weekend planned. Yeah, so he's not. He hasn't fully quit her. Which no, which is which is a, a big deal. Yeah, Dickie's pretty mad. I mean, because they say at the the table too, like after all that work we did, you know, <laughs> to try and get her married off and and, and get them torn apart, not d- didn't work. Charles has got he, he's raging. <laughs> he is raging for some some bowls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the episode really shifts into the, the big section, which is where we see um, Charles salmon fishing in Northern Ireland. Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, he's not in Ireland. Yeah, yeah no, stay out of Ireland, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Dickie is in a sailor outfit for a lot of this episode. He's looking like Paul Simon. He looks like it's a You Can Call Me Al music video. Does he? He has like the, the nautical like blue lines. He reminded me a lot of like uh, Kirk Douglas in Fifty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, or Popeye. <laughs> Definitely some Popeye. <laughs> a little bit. When you wear khakis with a a white and blue t shirt, you're invoking the <laughs> the sailor man vibes. Yeah. Um, and we have um, is it Anne and the in the Queen are on a stalking trip in Scotland? Yeah, they're off to do some like hunting or whatever, and, and Phil's there yeah. with them too. Yeah. Yeah. And who, by the way, is married to an Olympian and is has oh, well, a she's a an Olympian decent, too. We 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 yeah, learned. she's a, a little side plot. She's a the horses are in the family blood. Yeah, the the well, she I think she's Olympian for for badminton itself. Um, oh, I didn't know badminton. I thought it was horse stuff. No, it's badminton, but she's also an equestrian champion as well. And as I say, she's been on her side for the past several months because I guess she may have had an injury or something on the horse. Um. And uh, Phil's a little bit disappointed because, you know, they were so proud to have an Olympian in the family, and now she hasn't been doing as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gives a, it's a good moment for Phil where he says, like, you know, get back to yourself, you know. You know, don't just lie around. And Anne kind of bucks up after that. She kind of, she's like, thanks, Phil. Thanks for being my thanks, dad. Pop. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pop. And she's like, I am a, t- contrary to what I may say later, I'm a dad. <laughs> yeah. Contrary to how I feel about women, I do like my daughter. That's that's Phil right there. Oh, he loves women. We know that. That's a fact. I didn't notice it, Dave. But we see Charles. We see Anne this episode. Where are the two other children of Elizabeth? I think they're uh, red shirts. <laughs> they're away at school or something like that. That that maybe that's it. But even though it's well, Andrew's not Andrew's not going to factor into this show. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, maybe not. It is summertime. This is taking place. So I don't know. I don't know. Um. So, yeah, they're they're on a hunting trip on on one side, and it, they're they're staying you know away from the castle. But Dickie's going to go on a, a boating thing, and he's going to catch a lobster. He's going to have to get some lobster. Yeah, and and by the way, Dave, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Charles does break the news to um, uh, was it uh Sarah that he he won't he won't be going to her wedding right. That happens at some point in this episode. That's I think that's after. That's later. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 That's later. Yeah. I'm getting all confused. It's been a wild day here in America, people. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So so Char- Charles is kind of upset mm-hmm. with with um, Dicky because he's like, dude, you you can't go like narking on me, and then say like you're the one you're the one that set, you set this in motion. Mm-hmm. And now you want to go and turn on me because they're having a phone call and he's just they're having it out. Yeah, and, and and Lord Mountbatten is like, "All right, look, dude, I he's about to go. I got to go catch some lobsters." <laughs> but then he's like, "Hold on," and he goes in. He goes, "Family, wait," and he starts writing this letter to Charles. Yeah, and he says, "Okay, now I'm ready to go." <laughs> Just had to get that out of my system. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a missed opportunity with him being Charles Dance and he's dressed like a sailor for him to just have like a dancing routine to himself, you know, just 
have have yeah. him dance one more time. Why not? It's, 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 his last, it's his last name. Yeah, it, it's funny. It's a good thing you mentioned the bad mat, the bat mountain, because I, I do like that when uh, Phil says that to Anne. Like you're, you got that bat bat mountain blood in you. In you. Don't mount for, batten. Mount batten. Gosh, the mount batten blood in you. Don't and don't forget that. And it's like yeah, mount battens. Let's go. Uh, we love them. Yeah, keep them around. Exactly. But as you said, Dickie's got catch some, some lobsters. Yeah, he wants to make lobster roll, Connecticut style, for <laughs> for dinner. So a lot, a lot of butter going around. Um, but we see we see as everybody is arriving, there's some sort of unmarked car pulls into the marina mm-hmm. as they go. Yeah, and the show keeps doing these fake outs where. Uh, we see, you know, Dickie getting on a boat, and then we hear a, a, a gunshot, <laughs> a very loud, I don't know if it came through in your audio, but it's very pronounced for, for me, where you hear a, a shotgun blast, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, Phil off uh, firing his gun somewhere. Yeah, they, they do a lot of tension building with everyone as sort of, all the, the, the protagonists are sort of doing some sort of predatory activity. Yeah, they're, they're hunting something. The fishing, the hunting, the, the lobstering. Mm-hmm. But then we find out they're not necessarily all predators. Well, we get a second gunshot too, just to make sure we're, we're like on edge. They do it like twice. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, something something's not right here. Uh, and yeah, one of them is not a gunshot. We we, we get a you know they're having a huge haul. I don't know if you noticed that, Dave. They, they're catching lobsters like crazy out there. Yeah, and you know you know lobsters are like old 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 creatures. Yeah. So those they, are like hundred year old creatures that, that have been in existence for a long time, and they're saying, "Let's we're gonna cook them tonight." And and they sing about the glories of under the sea and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. it's coming to the end of the road for them. All, all for naught, as kaboom. But but well, Phil has you know some passion to let one lobster back in the sea that gets out alive. <laughs> that that lucky lobster gets out of the out of it alive as the boat explodes. Oh yeah, well Dicky does not Phil. I was gonna say Phil's not there. No, Phil's not there. Oh, I'm sorry. Dicky let the lobster. Dicky let lobster. little lobster go away. Yep. Anyways, thank God. yeah, thank God that one little lobster is free, because the rest of them are not. <laughs> no. <sighs> now, Dave, you had accidentally spoiled this for yourself that he he dies a violent death, right? I didn't know it was. I knew it was an assassination. I didn't know it was a bomb. No, a bombing. I, I thought he got sniped. I, I thought I misread it. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I, and I thought that oh, they're keeping Charles Dance around. Like this is this. We're gonna get some more episodes with him. They're you know teeing him up for Charles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. Yeah, I mean when they kept doing the shotgun blast, I kept thinking like, when's the sniper gonna like pop him off? Uh, and no, that was not the case. And I, I I agree, Dave. I thought we were gonna get a few episodes with Charles Dance, but. What better way to kick off season four of The Crown than with a with a bang? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean the boat explodes. It explodes twice, just in case you were you know wondering if he made made it. <laughs> Second explosion. <laughs> uh, Not just him, his whole family. <laughs> yeah, I mean everyone is on that that boat getting getting exploded and. Um, Elizabeth sees them. Yep, they're all getting exploded. Rest in peace, Dickie. You had a good run. You did. You really did. You really did. Uh, Elizabeth sees the, the, the cars coming, and uh, she says, oh, dear, never never good when they, they come in packs like this. Yep. It's the IRA, baby. Mm-hmm. Big victory. That That's the end of that. <laughs> um. They say we want you to get out of our country, so uh, your royal family is kaboom. <laughs> That's how Chateris relays the news to her. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charles gets a note too uh, that he, he's dead, and uh, he's kind of left uh, to himself. And he gets that note real quick to to read to himself. That yeah, he likes he's balling. He's a sad boy. I mean, Dave, recap what what he what he says to him, Mountbatten. When? But when he's sitting alone at the... Yeah, reading the note. He basically just says, like, dude, your uncle screwed up. Mm-hmm. Don't screw up like your uncle. He's like, I care about you, man. I told you to sow come your on, oats. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, stop sowing your oats. And it's funny he says stop sowing your oats because when he opens the letter, a bunch of oats fall out of it. I don't know what he's trying to tell him there. 
He's put there. He's going through his hands. <laughs> yeah, it's just everywhere. Um, kidding. Anyways, uh, but yeah, he. The letter's basically saying like, don't screw up. Don't put all this attention on yourself when you don't have to find a good girl, dude. Yeah, you're, come on, man. You're a prince among men, okay? And you need to find a queen. Don't be stupid going for this Camilla woman. <laughs> Pretty much, just you know. And and I I got to agree with the guy. Yeah. And, what a message to leave from beyond the grave, too. And the the way he ends the the letter, I thought was funny because it it sounds like he stops talking to Phil and then he starts talking to himself, where he says, "But now to the sea, I miss you enormously, and there will be no one who will love you more." And I feel like he's talking about the sea than he is talking about Charles. Um, and I hope you know that that I love the sea more than you. And in the, in my head, that's how I hear it. But no, he's not. He's I I realize he's talking to, to Charles that there's no one he love will love more. But I mean, and then we get a. <laughs> Then we follow that up with speaking of people who love Charles Moore. Old Phil. Yeah. Yeah, they they have a heck of a standoff in this episode. Uh, and this is like one I feel like they've been kind of subtly building towards where just going back to Charles being sent away to the the, the school that Phil the went to as a school, kid. Yeah. yeah, the prep school. And that just kind of derailing their whole relationship. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, this is classic crown and drama show where they speak to each other in ways that humans would never speak to each other in real life <laughs> where mm-hmm. where phil is telling uh, charles dicky was a, a father figure to you uh, after i couldn't be the one or whatever that you wanted me to be <laughs> it's like who makes these proclamations like that but I, I get what he's trying to underscore there yeah phil says he replaced me yeah like Phil saw D- actually uh, Dickie Mountainbatten as his father figure because he didn't have one for a time. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. once they couldn't see eye to eye anymore, he replaced him to become Phil's uh, uh, father figure. Yeah, and he's going, "You have a father." Mm-hmm. You, he keeps saying that to Charles, like, "Dude, you got a dad. It's me." Yeah, it's me. It's I, Phil. I'm the father. I'm da- come to daddy. Come to daddy. Come to poppy. Uh, and Charles is like, "Nope, nope, n- not my the poppy." Guy blew up in that boat. Yeah. Uh, and, and Phil even admits that he had resentment towards Dickie, you know, for, for the relationship that, that Charles had with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. It, it, I mean, it, and it's one of those things, it's a classic drama thing where Phil is just grappling with his, his own realization. He hasn't been a great dad. You know, he, he knows that, but he, uh-huh. he's trying to make amends now saying, I am the father. I am the poppy. <laughs> Come to yeah. poppy. Come to poppy. Sit on my lap. He says. Yeah, that's what he's saying. And then we have the funeral, and I feel like the episode should end there, but no, it yeah. keeps going. I thought it was like, oh, this is a good moment just to wrap it up, and then we'll, we'll go to next week. And the Manic Pixie Dream Girl stuff isn't over yet. No, because we, then we go to Princess Anne getting back on the horse mm-hmm. and doing really well. Yeah. And as she Charles is leaving. It's quite literally, she gets back on the horse, and she's great at it. She's, she wins this like competition that the whole family yeah. comes to, to cheer around and everything. And Charles is in his, his car leaving, mm-hmm. and we see Manic Pixie Dream Girl show up dressed like an eight-year-old. Yeah, she just walks literally out of like the woods and stops his car there. Um, and and she's like, "Hey, I'm sorry." And he's like, "Okay, cool." And she's like, "Oh, you we met before. I'm I'm that girl who dressed as a tree." And he's like, "Oh, oh the tree." <laughs> oh, uh, and. It's funny though, Dave. You say she she dresses like a child. That's actually, I think, Diana's actual like way she dressed, and she's actually supposed to be eighteen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know she's fresh, freshly legal. Yeah, so if she's dressing like a child. It makes sense. <laughs> he is thirty though, just to to note that. Mm-hmm. So, so there's always that bit of a gap there. Um. So yeah, she just wishes condolences, and then uh, she's gone. Yeah. And, and then Charles gets to thinking. And the guy, all the people in the parking lot are like, come on, man, move. <laughs> yeah, you're holding up traffic, dude. I know you're Charles. But it is a classic play. That, I, I am Charles. Yeah. Charles is a classic play, though, that any man does who meets um, a girl who's a friend of another girl. He, he asks the, Sarah, what can you tell me about Diana? I need to know more about her. <laughs> and then it's like, Sarah's basically like, she's kind of a bum. Yeah. She's not that smart. She's like a... A teacher's assistant. She's not like great. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's a teacher. Oh, she's a teacher. How wonderful! But she's part time. Oh, at a kindergarten. But she's not a oh. real teacher. <laughs> yeah, she's an assistant. Yeah, 
she's kind of smart kind of not really i don't know she gets by <laughs> um but he asked for her number and then they have the needle drop of blondie's call me <laughs> mm-hmm. as uh as prince charles calls her yeah and then we cut to pretty much a, almost a recreation of the opening scene of the episode or not the opening scene but of you know charles visiting that house that we see at the top to him visiting the house but it's not for sarah it's for diana yeah and that's the end of that episode yeah it is that's how it is <laughs> we, we didn't talk enough about the IRA we do see that the IRA claims responsibility for killing uh, uh, yeah yep citing the you know that he was the ultimate representation of imperialism and then everyone's given condolences including Thatcher uh, to the family yeah and Thatcher seemed almost um, Elizabethan yeah. Very like to the point, emotionless. This is what I'm here to do. I'm doing my job. I'm saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's that. Amen. And it's because yeah, she she we do see that earlier with Thatcher where it, she doesn't really care to talk about the personal because Elizabeth starts that conversation by asking her about her husband and and how he's doing and she's like he's retired. He's not going to get in the way. Why are you asking me about my husband? And it's like whoa, okay, you know, don't want to talk personal. That don't have to talk personal. Keep it business. Hmm. Indeed. Um, but yeah, there, there are, uh, Thatcher, she, she says, you know, she wants to wage a war against the, the IRA without mercy. And she's like, we ain't leaving. How do you feel about that, Dave, being an Irishman of Irish descent? I don't, I don't, I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to stay open-minded good. going into this season of fictionalized television. It, it's, it's gotta go down. Yeah. Um, was this a good episode, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. It was great. It was a fun kickoff. Great off. way to start the season. Really good, um, exciting premiere. I mean, really, what, what more could you ask for? You got Charles Dance on the water being exploded. <laughs> yeah. And we got Diana. I like that they didn't even wait for you to, to build towards Diana or anything. She's just there. Like, it's like the first scene. Yeah, she's just Manic Pixie Dream Girl. She's a trope. It also felt like a very good continuation of the last season. Like, it wasn't, I didn't feel like there was as much table setting as, like, oh, we're just going to keep the ball rolling from the storylines from last year, you know? Yeah, there's like a shot where we see um, Margaret is in the backseat of the car with the Queen Mother, and it's like, yeah, okay, she's by herself now. There's no husband anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, she's carrying on. Yeah. So it is, it is, because um, I, I was thinking about how. The first episode is so much exposition. Mm-hmm. First episode of season two is sort of the the establishing that that things are rocky between Phil and the Queen. First episode of season three is more sort of resetting the table with the older cast. Right. And then this was like, oh, this is a, this is like an actual premiere. There's no like we don't even have to call back to Claire Foy or um, Matt Smith or anything. You know, it, it really feels like a, a season where people who are curious about Diana and seeing how she is in the show, like just to jump in and start watching, mm-hmm. which is probably why it's more been more popular than ever right now. Yeah. Um, but we do get the bit about Charles dance sailing, just taking him away. <laughs> just Come en- sail away. Just enjoying, uh, enjoying his time by on the water tranquility, you know? Yeah. Believe me. Uh, so, power rankings or do we want to go to what happened and what didn't happen dave let's do what happened and what didn't happen okay well we see martin Terrace in this episode uh truth is he retired in 1977 so this episode takes place in 1979 he actually should not be there and spoiler alert dave Terrace is here for the rest of season four <laughs> even <laughs> though he retired in 77 sure i you know what's his name who plays him he got kind of got shafted uh, on downton abbey by uh, getting mm-hmm. killed by the brown coats early. Uh, why is his name escaping? Old Gregson. Old Gregson. At least he's getting it to keep his, his job for a season on the show here. Yeah, at least they're extending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. I also found out that Charles met Diana when she was 16. I'm sure Gene Simmons is a fan of that <laughs> information. Uh, and she was dressed in old hunting attire when he met her at the Spencer family estate because they were doing some hunting or something. So that's how that happens. Oh, okay. So no, um, no manic pixie dream girl necessarily more like, no, like a, like a bass pro meetup. Yeah. 
And uh, so that explosion that rocked <laughs> Dickie and the family, um, uh, it did kill the two boys that were on board. Um, the other woman on board survived. One of them died a couple days later. Uh, what it did not show on the show was that uh, Dickie was blown off of it. He lost his legs. He was not dead yet. He floated ashore. <laughs> uh, and then he died like the <laughs> next day or a few hours later. He didn't die right then and there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so he wasn't dead yet. Uh, I would have loved to see that. I would not have loved to see <laughs> yeah, that. I, I feel like, you know, as much as the show loves to bend reality and everything, I would have been so in if, like, after the credits, you just see a body floating in the water. No. Yes, yes. Absolutely it, not. And then Dickie gets scooped up onto a sailboat with other lobsters. And then you find out they're en route to Cuba where he's going to go spend time and then, you know, recruit Tupac and all the other dead celebrities to come live with him down the road. That would be perfect. <laughs> you think Dickie Mountbatten is, is enough juice to do yeah, to be that Yeah, it's just like guy. a Jason he's Bourne type guy. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, he's the Bourne identity. Um, we don't, I mean, as long as you don't see the person actually die on screen, they're never really dead. Right, Dave? So I don't know. And we do know that the crown is fictionalized. Exactly. He could come back next season. Why not have this hidden secret that he never died? You know, maybe he's just been hiding out from the IRA. IRA, who knows? Yep, abandoning his family. I, I, I missed opportunity here for the for the crown. I think. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Dave, let's get to the rankings, man. Sure. Uh, on the bottom, going down, I got Charles because, you know, it's it. He does go on a date with Diana. Mm-hmm. But we see he loses a father figure, and he loses a father figure. And before that father figure dies, his one of his last things that he does is write a scathing letter, <laughs> telling him to stop being an idiot and like get your life together. Yeah. So I, I have Charles in, uh, at the third one down also because yeah. he's just like get it together, Charles. And you almost kind of fear for Diana because Charles is getting into this relationship almost for the wrong reasons. Like he sees there's going to be fun here, but. Mm-hmm. It, it's clearly just because he's got the spirit of Dickie haunting him. Haunting him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. And and number two going down, I got the uh, Prince Phil. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty consistent who, who's going down. Uh, he, he's got, he's, you know, Phil's got a rough, rough go, you know, he, he, he his supposed father figure mm-hmm. who took his son from him. And now he's trying to talk to his son and level with his son. And the son's like, Dude, you ain't my, you ain't my pop. <laughs> yeah, he was. And if there's one thing I've I've learned in life, shouting gets you nowhere. So just shouting even louder that you're his father d- does not mean <laughs> you're the father, quote unquote. Uh, uh, Phil, you just you messed up. You had your chance. You blew it. Yep. I'm the poppy. Out of sight, out of mind. Do you think they had like a contract match, Phil and Dicky? And, <laughs> Dick, and Phil lost. Yeah, Dicky climbed the ladder and got the the contract to have custody of Phil. <laughs> Or Charles, rather. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Why not? Just take a page from uh, Fred Mysterio and Eddie Crow. <laughs> Number one, though, it's got to be obvious he's going down. I got the Mountbatten clan. Not just one. Really? The whole gang. Oh, I just got Dickie going down, man. <laughs> he took it hard. Can't be. I was going to say, Dickie, Dickie goes out on a high note. Yeah. He he, he leaves a a, a, let, a scathing review mm-hmm. of his, his nephew it's the whole. It's these innocents that that are just sort of there. Yeah, they they had it worse off than the the military, the lifelong military man. Yeah, I felt for the family. Like I I, I was kind of stunned to see how it went down. I thought he was just going to get shot, and apparently that's what happened. They attempted to shoot him the day before, but then the guy couldn't get it done. <laughs> so then they put the bomb on the boat. Hey. <laughs> Anyways, that's a shame. That's it's awful. But uh. Well, who's going up? I got, I, you know, I'll start. Who's going up? I, I got Thatcher at number three. Okay. She's, uh, she, she won the job, and uh, she seems like she's going to be some, um, someone, uh, a tough cookie for for Elizabeth to deal with. So, good for her for taking the power. Cool. Well, she's back on the saddle. My number three is Princess Anne. Mm-hmm. She shows up. She rides a horse. She's married. Yeah. Good for Princess Anne. <laughs> that, that's true. Well, at number two, Dave, I have the IRA. <laughs> they made okay. good on killing one of the royalty. I mean, 
they, they did it, uh, while he was sailing. He was uh, all he wanted to do was just go sail and just be at peace. And he's not sailing on a sailboat. He's on like a little pontoon. They're, he's a little like <laughs> the pontoon. He's just trying to get some lobsters. <laughs> well, the IRA cracked an IPA and they uh, celebrated the death of, of Dickie Mountain Band. So there you go. Yeah, well, I got Thatcher at number two because we see she's already kind of owning things. She's mm-hmm. making statements. She's she's asserting herself in ways that in the fictionalized version of this world, other prime ministers haven't. Yeah. And um, we see that she's kind of stunned at her how she perceives her relationship with the queen, who is the t- title character of the show in mm-hmm. a way. So, yeah, you know, big things coming for her. Yeah, we'll see where, with the, the thatch hatches more. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, I got Princess Anne. Like, I mean, honestly, she has a good week. She comes back, gets back on the saddle again, and then pops over all those those hurdles with that horse. Uh, only four faults that they the count. Two scene. Yeah, too clean. And we, I mean, then we find out about her Olympic history that hadn't been touched on. Or, and I mean, and she's got Phil as a father. I mean, <laughs> she's got a father. It's, she she got she she's got the father. Yeah. So so good for Anne. And she, you know, she's married. Who knows? The guy may be a loser, but. She's married, so good for her. Yeah. Well, if you think one outing on a horse is a victory, I think murdering the family of your enemy is the best. The IRA is number one oh this week. Oh, my God. Of course, you Irish. <laughs> you Irish descent, man. You're, you, you're Irish, too. Just because my last name is McNair does not make me – I'm like 13% Irish. That's enough. Thirteen reasons why they should have been your number one. You're the one with like red hair and everything. That's hey, they. They, they have fair they skin. I do not damage. have fair skin. Yeah, they did the damage. Okay, so you did you feel pride in that moment, Dave? I didn't feel sad. Okay. All right. Well, that's a touch more than me. Okay. Um. Well, that's this week of, of the crown. I'm excited for the rest of the that's season. The, that's the stick. Yeah, I'm excited to. Be current, in in a way. Yeah, as people I know. who I mean, people are binging it. They've what already watched it. All, but this will give about. us something. What? Yeah, what some people were talking about just a month ago. Yeah, now we're yeah, close we, to it, close to it. Not since the Downton Abbey movie have we been so close to relevancy. Because I feel like English game didn't yeah, sizzle the way it should have. No, I mean it's just a classic case of Netflix releasing a show and doing nothing to promote it. Hmm. Uh, so it goes. Um. But Dave, have you been able to stream anything in this holiday season? Anything else you've been watching? Um, I, I, we both watched Soul, right? The Pixar movie. Loved it. It was wonderful. It was good. Not my favorite Pixar, but not my least favorite Pixar. Mm-hmm. Firmly in the middle. Okay. Um, Letter Kenny is back. I've been watching that slowly because mm-hmm. I know there's only nine half-hour episodes and some are like 20 minutes. So Savor it. really trying to milk that for, for all it's worth. And then I think that's really it. Mm-hmm. It's been a busy couple weeks. What about you? It's been. Uh, I mean, it's number one Netflix, uh, aside from Bridgerton, but I've started watching Cobra Kai, <laughs> the, the follow-up to the I, Karate Kid series. I never saw the Karate, like, I have never no attachment karate to the Karate Kid. Kid as a, I think I saw it, like, once or twice, but I never had a connection to it. I watched it quite a bit as a kid, uh, even to the point where, yeah, I watched the sequels, where he goes to Japan, and I think he even saw the third one, and then, even then, I, I saw some off-brand movie in 1992 with chuck norris where he's like a, a miyagi figure a sidekicks that's a if you want to see a movie about well, i think I, I, I definitely i think i get the karate kid three ninjas mixed up because it's the same era same mm-hmm. same market to tap into yeah i hear i hear great things about cobra kai though yeah i well i wasn't sure because it's like why does this show need to exist there's no reason for it to, to exist mm-hmm. who cares but then i saw it was from the writers of harold and kumar the the, the, the whole series of harold and kumar and it's like oh, i love those movies like dave you and i we saw a couple of them in theaters those movies are great <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and the show has a lot of that same humor like it is like that kind of level of like potty mouth humor but it's like there's a level, level of gravitas to it that makes it come together, and it, it, it's good. It, it's high, it's super watchable. Half hour episodes, okay. episodes, it's fun. Now that started on YouTube Red and then migrated to Netflix. Yeah, uh, so YouTube was launching original programming in 2018. They quickly realized that people don't go to YouTube for original programming; they look for user generated content. So they canceled YouTube Red or, or just production of original content, and then Netflix bought the show and then produced the third season. Hmm. Wild fun. west of streaming out there. Yeah, cool. 
Well, I mean, it's good to know another person says it's good. Maybe I'll check it out someday. I mean, like yeah. I said, I have no connection, so it's not high on my list. No, I, but... I totally understand. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I've been watching, oh, Batman the Animated Series on HBO. and that's, There's some real stinkers in that show, but it's also really good when it's really good. I've been marveling at the animation, like how well it holds up. It's incredible. Like, the the look of that show oh, yeah. is, oh, my gosh. I, I love and that it's the first the first... Um, show or any piece of batman where there's a distinct vocal difference between bruce wayne and batman so mm-hmm. nothing before adam west always talked like adam west michael Ke- michael keaton yeah is the same voice batman to bruce wayne but then um what's his name i forget the actor the voice actor who does kevin conroy yeah his bruce, he has a different snarl to batman so mm-hmm. and that's just like it's just a great show it's fun the art is so good anyways that's what we've been watching yeah so Jump on our Patreon if you want. <laughs> if you want to jump in, I think we're gonna do different mini sods for the dollar tier. So nothing, nothing too substantial. To yeah. if you want a substantial bonus episode, episodes, join our five dollar tier, mm-hmm. which is our entire backlog and uh, all that stuff. We've talked about it many times, so no need to continue boring you with that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, otherwise you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter facebook lords grantham uh and the pinned on our twitter is uh for t public our lords grantham merch and uh yeah uh, other than that leave us uh, a review on itunes if you have a chance and if you'd like to do that we appreciate it yeah help us because we know that the you know this is sort of getting back into your groove you have some new year's resolutions you want some good karma on your side help the entertainment that you like yeah so. It's, it, it's it sounds silly to say but every sort of even like if you're not following us on socials and you're on socials do it it really every little thing helps <laughs> us out a lot more than you think yeah we appreciate it anytime but, i see a new twitter follower i i light up well let's keep dave lit up okay for the new yeah, year keep me lit up 2021 we, it's coming in hot a little bit this year so <laughs> yeah you're telling me so let, let's uh let's kind of keep it in check as much as we can and keep dave lit up so there you yeah, have keep it. me lit up Let's do it. Yeah. So this is Corey. I'm saying bye. And Dave, you're saying bye. (laughs) There you have it.